Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. Hey everyone, I'm Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. First of all, I want to apologize if I sound a little bit nasally or congested. I always get this brutal sinus infection right before the holidays every single year. So I am toughing it out. I'm battling through it because this is a really important story. Tonight we're doing something a little bit different. This is a story I knew I needed to talk about from the moment I heard about it. While it doesn't involve a murder, it is a tragic story we hear time and time again, and it needs to stop. I'm going to give you a trigger warning here. Tonight, we will be talking about rape and suicide. So if either of those are extremely triggering to you, you may want to skip to the next episode. This is the story of the tragic life and death of Daisy Coleman. Tonight's episode is sponsored by a new true crime blog that will give you your true crime fix in between episodes. 
SerialKillers.io has new true crime content posted every week to keep you entertained in between your favorite true crime podcasts. I know you're going to love it. The content is super interesting. It's well-researched, well-written, and very satisfying to true crime lovers like you and I. Stay tuned halfway through the episode for a sneak peek of SerialKillers.io. I also have the link in my show notes just to make it easy for you to click on through. All right, let's jump in. First of all, I want to say that this episode is a high-level overview of what happened to Daisy Coleman. But if you'd like a more in-depth look, you need to watch the 2016 documentary film called Audrey and Daisy. Honestly, everyone should watch it. Right after you're done listening, Daisy and the other women featured deserve to have their stories heard. So go have a watch. When it comes to life, some people are dealt a terrible hand of cards. And Daisy Coleman, well, her deck was stacked with tragedy. Daisy was born on March 30th, 1997 to Melinda and Michael Coleman. Melinda was a veterinarian and Michael was a physician, so the family was doing really well for themselves. They bought an old Victoria family home and worked to renovate it. They truly made it their own. Daisy had three brothers, Charlie, Tristan, and Logan. She grew up in the quiet little city of Albany, Missouri. And before a series of tragic events would lead her down a dark path, she was an incredibly happy little girl with the world at her fingertips. However, that would begin to change when Daisy was just nine years old. Along with her brother, Logan, and her father, she was in a car accident while they were on their way to a wrestling match. After hitting a patch of black ice, they skid off the road and crashed. Daisy and Logan were able to climb out the back window and were mostly okay. However, Daisy's father was killed. As you can imagine, the family was devastated. They had to carry on without their loving father and even had to drive past the site of the car crash every day. After a while, it just became too much to handle. The memories were so sad. So Daisy, her brothers, and her mom decided to pick up and start fresh in the nearby town of Maryville, Missouri, just 40 miles away. They kept their family home in Albany and decided to rent a home in Maryville just in case they ever decided that they wanted to return home. Melinda, Daisy's mom, would later say, Even though it was sad to leave, in some ways it was a huge weight off our shoulders, just to be anonymous in a way. Unfortunately, they would never really get that fresh start, and that weight would never really be lifted. Maryville is a small town where everybody knows everybody, and everyone knows everyone's business. Sports, and especially football, are everything to Maryville, and the high school football team has somewhat of a celebrity status, like a lot of small towns in America. The family initially settled in well. Charlie and Logan played sports. The beautiful blonde Daisy won several trophies at local beauty pageants, and she became a member of the Maryville High's cheerleading team. Seriously, if you see photos of her, she is absolutely stunning with a smile that could light up any room. I know people have a habit of saying that all too often, but with Daisy, it is so true. Then on Saturday, January 7th, 2012, Daisy invited her best friend, 13-year-old Paige, to the family home for a sleepover. 
The girls were watching horror movies and sneaking sips of alcohol. And before you judge, don't kid yourself. This is something a lot, if not most, young teens try at some point in their lives. It was totally innocent, and the two girls trusted each other. They felt safe in Daisy's home. It would have felt like an okay time to try alcohol. That night, Daisy received a text message from a popular senior football player named Matt Barnett, who was actually friends with and played football with her older brother, Charlie. The two were texting back and forth when Matt asked her to come over, saying that he would pick the two girls up from their home shortly. Matt Barnett was 17 years old at the time, so three years older than Daisy and four years older than Paige. Around 1 a.m., the girls snuck out of the house and got into his car. They would later say that they knew it was wrong, but they thought it was cool that an older guy wanted to hang out with them. Daisy probably also thought she could trust him. This guy was her brother's friend after all. Once he took the girls to his house where there were several other young men his age, they were handed a tall glass of clear liquid. They didn't know what the liquid was, but of course it would turn out to be alcohol. Daisy would later say that she tried to drink it all so that she would impress him. And that was the last thing she would remember from that night. It was minus 5 degrees Celsius the following morning when Daisy's mom, Melinda, heard scratching at the family front door. She initially thought it could be a dog. Instead, when Melinda opened the door, she found a barely conscious Daisy sprawled on the front porch. Frozen, blue in the lips. She had laid there for three hours wearing nothing but yoga pants and a t-shirt. Her mom picked up her daughter, carried her inside, and put her in a warm bath when she found red marks on her body. Daisy began crying in pain. Melinda knew immediately what had happened to her. Daisy was red and swollen around her vagina. Her mother took her straight to the hospital, where doctors confirmed their worst fears. The night before, the doctor said that she had been raped. They went to the police to file a police report, and Matt Barnett, whose grandfather had been a leading local politician, was arrested and charged with sexual assault and endangering the welfare of a child. Of course, he insisted the sex was consensual, that Daisy was fine, she wasn't too intoxicated. During the course of the investigation, it was discovered that Daisy's friend Paige, who, remember, was only 13 years old at the time, had been raped by another boy at the Barnett home. It also emerged that one of the boys at the house had filmed the incident on an iPhone. The video had been passed around, and there were a few boys who had seen the video on the phone. Maryville Sheriff Darren White said he was confident he had compiled a case that would absolutely result in prosecution. Here's a quote by him. Within four hours, we had obtained a search warrant for the house and executed that. We had all of the suspects in custody and had audio and video confessions. In the police reports, the boys all admitted that Daisy was unconscious. She couldn't speak, she couldn't move, she couldn't walk, and so they carried her to the car, and they carried her to her yard. There, they just left her out in the cold, like a piece of trash. You would think this sounds like an open and shut case, right? Wrong. Daisy tried to keep a low profile at school as the police investigated Matt and his friends. 
But because Matt was such a popular guy at school, people relentlessly attacked Daisy nonstop in person, on Facebook and Twitter because they all thought she was lying. They said horrible things like how she should slit her wrists and kill herself. There were reports that the iPhone footage of the incident was being passed around the school. Mysteriously, this video had been deleted, and officials would later go on to say that the video could not be recovered. I've always thought that this was the strangest thing. If this video had been on at least one phone, and by the sounds of it, several, I don't understand why they couldn't recover it. All the while, Daisy and her family suffered vile attacks on social media from both kids and adults. At one point, a girl arrived at a local dance competition where Daisy was, wearing a homemade shirt that said, Matt, one, Daisy, zero. Daisy's mom, Melinda, went on to say, They started a hashtag called Daisy is a liar, and they tried to do a Twitter storm on it. And then they put Daisy is a slut and started a hashtag with that. And Daisy, well, she wasn't the only one getting the backlash. Melinda was fired from her job at the Maryville South Paws Veterinarian Clinic as a veterinarian because they didn't want to deal with all of the negative attention. Daisy, she was suspended from her high school's cheerleading team. She began to suffer severely from depression and had even made a suicide attempt. Two months after the alleged rape, prosecutor Robert Price dropped all charges citing lack of evidence. Shortly before this announcement came out, Melinda reportedly received a telephone call from a friend with political connections telling her that, quote-unquote, favors were being called in to ensure that charges were dropped. Matt Barnett's grandfather, Rex, who was a Missouri Highway Patrol trooper before serving four terms as Republican state representative, denied using his influence to have the charges against the boys in this case dropped. And even though the evidence of rape seemed to be overwhelming, Matt Barnett was not charged with statutory rape. Missouri law generally applies in cases when a victim is under 14 years old. Daisy was 14. However, felony statutes define sex as non-consensual if the victim is incapacitated by alcohol. Matt Barnett pleaded guilty to a charge of misdemeanor child endangerment, but not to a felony of sexual assault. He claimed that the sex with Daisy was consensual. Ultimately, he was sentenced to four months in jail, which was then commuted to two years probation. When asked how his office handled the case a year later, the sheriff said Daisy's mom, Melinda, clearly has issues. He went on to say, we did our job. We did it well. It's unfortunate that they are unhappy. I guess they're just going to have to get over it. I think that pretty much sums up how this entire case was handled. Like it wasn't a big deal, just boys being boys and girls with regrets. It makes me sick to think about how Daisy was treated when she needed support the most. And even once the case was closed, the online abuse at Daisy's expense continued. One person tweeted, Fuck yeah, that's what you get for being a skank. The harassment of the Coleman family got so bad that they decided to leave Maryville to return to their family home. But the family home they left behind mysteriously burned down. Daisy struggled, barely having energy to get out of bed, let alone to go to school and her practices. Eventually, her brothers convinced her to start wrestling again, this time on their team. And because her brothers were on the team, wrestling became a safe, family-like escape from reality. 
she really felt like she took back some of the control that she had lost. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in True Accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes? Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors Fresh, Never Frozen Meals that are also dietitian approved. No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day, because that's half the battle, and I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious, with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code napper50 at factormeals.com slash napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Daisy went on to dedicate her life for survivors of sexual assault. 
She founded a peer-to-peer organization called Safe Bay to raise awareness of sexual assault in middle and high schools. HuffPost named Daisy as one of the 13 most fearless teens of 2013, even as she fought tirelessly for others, putting on a strong face through it all. She continued to struggle with suicidal ideation. It was always an uphill battle that she was bravely taking on each day. And then, tragedy struck again. Her brother, Tristan Ash Coleman, passed away in June of 2018 from a car accident when he was just 19 years old. He was on his way home from helping his sister to move to Colorado Springs when he was involved in a car accident. In an Instagram post, Daisy said Tristan was her best friend, adding, I don't understand why the universe decided today was the day to let you go. But I'll never stop loving you. You'll never stop being my best friend. My baby brother, you'll always be. On August 4th of this year, 2020, Daisy's mom called police to do a welfare check on her. Daisy spoke with police and crisis prevention paramedics for more than an hour, but she never really said or did anything indicating that she wanted to harm herself. Because of this, Daisy could not be legally held for mental health problems, and she was cleared by the medics. However, just hours later, cops reportedly got a call from a female friend in the same apartment building around 8.30 p.m. that Daisy had shot herself. Daisy's body was found in her apartment that evening. She had completed suicide, and she was only 23 years old. You're likely thinking that this has a lot to do with all of the tragedies that have occurred in her short life, and you may be right, but there are a lot of strange circumstances leading up to her death. Her friends say that just prior to her suicide, she had been stalked and harassed by a man for months. On her Twitter and Facebook page, she wrote that police knew about her complaints of alleged stalking and harassment by the same man, which, according to her, had occurred since December. She said she was afraid to leave her house to walk her dogs or even just to go to work. She wrote she was not eating or sleeping well because she was so alarmed by the alleged ongoing harassment. She said the man had showed up at her house repeatedly and pounded on her door. She also wrote that she believed he had managed to steal keys to her apartment and had tried to directly access her apartment. Apparently, he was also putting her personal telephone number in Craigslist ads soliciting sex. I can't imagine. One of her friends would go on to say, Every media outlet is blaming her suicide on her rape and ignoring that she was going through so much before her suicide and not putting any blame on this man for harassing her. She would rather kill herself than let this man kill her. Daisy had filed a police report the day of her suicide. When officers arrived at her home to perform a welfare check, she filed a report of stalking and harassment. This was merely hours before she completed suicide. I don't know if there is a connection between what happened to her when she was 14 and this stalker, but I hope the truth comes to light soon. Daisy deserves to be able to have a little bit of peace after her death. Now, unfortunately, the tragedy does not stop there. Melinda Coleman, Daisy's mother, died by suicide four months after her daughter's death, just recently on December 8th. 
Just hours before her death, Melinda started posting a series of pictures and words of her and Daisy to her Facebook page. She wrote things like, There aren't enough I love yous I could have said when I was holding your cold, broken, dead body. I held you like a baby anyway, my baby. The baby I held when you first came into this world. It has always been the greatest honor and joy to be your mother and best friend. Then, on November 8th, two weeks before her death, she wrote, Albany wins, I'm dead, which was an apparent reference to the Missouri hometown where Daisy was shunned after her attack. On November 20th, she lamented that she had let her daughter down. She wrote, My heroic daughter who saved so many and suffered more than anyone ever could. We failed her. She did great things for us and we failed her, especially me. When I read the news of Melinda's suicide, my heart just dropped. I felt this deep sadness that I'm not sure I've even ever felt before. I felt sad for Melinda. I felt sad for Daisy. But most of all, I felt sad for the only Coleman family member left, Charlie. Charlie lost his father in a car crash, his brother in a car crash, his sister by suicide, and his mother by suicide. And now he has to find a way to carry on with all of this pain. And what about Matthew Barnett, the football star who seemingly got away with it all? He's now 26 years old lives in Kansas City, Missouri, more than 100 miles away from Maryville, where the alleged attack took place. Asked how he feels about the suicides of Daisy and her mother, Melinda, he said, I don't really have any comment. It's just very sad. Barnett went on to say that although he is good, he has found the experience of being accused of rape difficult. I still struggle with it, but I'm okay. He still denies that it wasn't consensual to this very day, whether he really grasps the gravity of it all or isn't really aware of the part that he played in this tragedy, I'm uncertain. But I do know that we cannot let this be Daisy Coleman's legacy. So go watch the documentary, hear her words, be an advocate for other men and women like her, because this happens every single day. And so I will leave you with the words directly from Daisy herself, because nobody could say it better. There is a long point of sadness, and, you know, that was a part of me forgiving myself for what happened that night, is realizing that I didn't control this other guy's actions, that he only had control over his actions. It wasn't my fault. And since it's not my fault, and it's not a hundred other people's fault that they were assaulted, that, you know, if no one else is going to speak about it, then I need to. If you or someone you know is considering suicide, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. I would like to once again thank tonight's sponsor, SerialKillers.io is your new favorite true crime blog. Go check them out. If you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook at SerialNapper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper, or I'm on YouTube, Nikki Young, Serial Napper, all one word. Until next time, don't be a Dahmer. Bye.